Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Blue Wire. Welcome to episode 39 of the Snapback Sports Pod. On this episode, we're discussing the NFL it's at its halfway point, and we're headed for the second half of the season, as well as NBA first week overreactions and much more. So let's get it. Down goes Frazier. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. Curry, way down to bang, bang. Gives it to Jenkins for the What up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Sandman from Snapback Sports on Snapchat and the Snapback Sports Pod. Joining me today, and as always, is Abe Granoff. Abe, what's going on? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Jack? Nothing much. We are surpassing the halfway. Well, there's 17 weeks, so we're through week eight. We'll call it halfway point because a lot of teams will now have completed. I guess we were at, I guess we were technically at halfway, like after the one o'clock games. No, no it'd be like next halfway week. through the one o'clock games today. It would be next week. Oh, this is week what? This, this is, is eight. week eight. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so maybe we'll do a, a halfway through, halfway through the one o'clock games next week. No, we're gonna our official halfway. We're gonna do it now, and we're gonna do our oh, jump, jump in the gun this year. We're updating our playoff predictions, MVP, Super Bowl matchup. Um, a lot has changed since our preseason predictions, of course. Some good, like uh, I said the Packers would win the division and be very good. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Some bad, I said the Falcons would win the NFC South. Um, I'll admit my mistakes when I have them, um, and I won't call out any of Abe's. But <laughs> let's update what we have. Do you want to start with what you're looking at for a Super Bowl matchup now that we're heading into the second half of the season? Yeah, I mean – out of the AFC, it's clear it's New England and then above everybody else. I mean, if Mahomes comes back fully healthy, um, it, I mean, it all comes down to one game. But New England's essentially locked up home field throughout the playoffs. So it's gonna have to, they're going to have to win one game at home and then the AFC championship game. So New England's my still my pick to come out of the AFC. I don't see anybody but the Chiefs challenging them. I mean, the, we've, we've discussed this. The NFL this year has been – atrocious like there are so many teams that you say "Eh, i don't know they haven't really beaten anybody but because there's so many teams that stink so like these teams are beating five and six awful teams but pats have been the best team throughout uh their defense is up there for the mvp award if you if you (laughs) can count that uh nfc nfc is interesting because i think we can both agree that it's one big uh one big who knows what the hell is going to happen, right? I mean, you look to the NFC East, it's us and the Cowboys. And Eagles did have a good win today, don't get me wrong, um, but I'm not hot, I'm not jumping on their their bandwagon yet. They need to prove to me. I've told you time and time again, but maybe one more win and I'll be back. But I still think we win that division because of our schedule towards the end. Uh, the NFC North, which we'll talk about later, that's crazy. Um, the Lions kind of got screwed in the, what happened in the one game. They uh, 
It was the Packers game. Yeah, the refs at the Packers game got screwed. Packers are still going to come out. Still the Vikings, still get a wild card spot. Um, Saints, second best team in the NFC. Or first best team in the NFC. I'm sorry. Second best team in the league is what I should have said. And then you got the Niners and the Seahawks battling in the West. It's it's crazy to think that the Niners, Seahawks, and Rams, one of them isn't going to make the playoffs probably just because someone out of the North will come. But uh, so I'm staying with the Patriots. And if I can't pick the Eagles because I don't believe they're the best team right now, I'm going to go Saints. <laughs> so I got okay. Pat Saints and then one game. Who knows? Fair enough. I'm going to go with the Saints out of the NFC. Although I think it is interesting because Breeze has historically struggled to get the job done in the playoffs. He has his Super Bowl, of course, uh, similar to Rodgers, but he only has that one. He hasn't really been back. Last year, obviously not really his fault with the missed call. Thank you, Saints fans, for getting us the worst rule change in NFL history, wasting everyone's wait. time. Uh, it's going to come back. It's going to come back and bite them. If, Don't worry. If if a coach is still challenging pass interferences, the coaches should be removed from the team, right? Like, you're not going to win. Uh, well, Vic Fangio won one today for Denver. I mean, he it's did. it's just brutal. But I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC. I'm not going to say by a wide margin. I will say with they're the most complete team by far because I still have questions of the passing game for the Niners. They have the rushing game. Their defense is unreal. The coaching's been great. But when it's Garoppolo time two minutes ago, I'd rather have Drew Brees slinging to Michael Thomas than Jimmy G throwing to Emmanuel Sanders or whoever it's going to be. So I have the Saints. I had the Packers. And it would have made sense for me to stick with the Packers, right? They're 6-1. and one. They, you, were, uh, you were off the Packers earlier this season. Yeah, I was. because like you, and like, that's, you picked them. Like I think we did the preview maybe a little too early, and then the season started, and within two weeks you were off the Packers bandwagon. Correct. I think that I, – I just don't think – they keep doing this. They keep jumping out to early leads, and we're recording the middle Sunday Night Football at halftime right now. They were up 14 nothing. It's 17-14 Chiefs. They were up on the Eagles early. They didn't put them away. The Eagles win the game. The only game they've put away this season was the Cowboys, and putting away the Cowboys is, you know – and the children. Raiders last week, and the Raiders last week, they blew out. Yeah, but they, they put them away, but they were hanging around, and if it wasn't for Derek I mean, Carr. It's still the Raiders. So. Yeah, exactly. So you're right. I, I mean, if they beat the Chiefs tonight when people are listening to this and they're 7-1, and one, it would probably sound silly for me to be off uh, my preseason pick, but I want to go with the Saints. They just look too complete on both sides of the ball. And then the AFC. Man, oh, let me tell you. Take it easy. So we obviously will save it for Thursday because um, big game, Sunday night football, Ravens, Patriots. And there's a few things to point out. One, I don't care who the Patriots defense is playing anymore. They are dominant and they're the best defense in the league. We can agree on that. It doesn't matter if they've played no one, right? They're still forcing turnovers. They're still dynamic. They're still really, really good at defense. Like as much as Baker turns the ball over, he's still a good quarterback and he could get nothing on the Pats today. So their defense is legit. With that being said, the Patriots have the fourth most punts in the league. Tom Brady has looked very, very, very average. He'll throw throw a dime here and there, but overall has looked not that special. Running game's been decent. Uh, They still have the best coach in the league, which is the X factor. And to get the number one seed, they'll they'll have to go 13-3, and if that, and they're they're already 8-0. So going five and three for them, pretty simple. But 
I think the next three games are going to be very telling, at least the next two, at Baltimore, at Philly, two teams who have given them problems in the past. So we'll see how I feel about it. With that being said, I'm sticking with the Chiefs. I think with Mahomes, and I I just think he can get the job done. If there's anyone to beat that – beat that defense it's Mahomes and offensively or defensively rather for the Chiefs you know I'm not a big fan of them but what they can do is they can force turnovers and they can get pressure that's the key they can get pressure at Brady's feet and that's known that's been known to give him problems so I'm sticking with the Chiefs I understand they force turnovers but like Brady doesn't turn the ball over in that in that That, aspect that He's a different quarterback, though. He really is. He has become more of a high-level game manager with the ability to turn on the greatness at the end of the game. But he's not going to gas you for 400 because the Chiefs don't have a good secondary. Yeah. You know, like his his peak right now is probably 3, 330, maybe 350 if he's absolutely going crazy on a bad team. But against any team that has a pulse, I, I just think he's been exposed. And you can't underrate, like, Josh Gordon's done. And Sanu, I think he helps, but you know he's not Josh Gordon's level. They don't have the weapons. Gronk's not coming back. You know, I just you think know I'm we still... got we're trade deadline what on Tuesday afternoon. You know the Patriots are going to make some noise. They they always do. Uh they but they're not going to bring. They'll never like make the deal for like a Jalen Ramsey caliber player. They'll definitely make a move for some random guy who's going to win them a game in the playoffs. <laughs> but they won't make that that move that will put them over the top and be like, okay, this solves their last issue because they don't really have a ton of issues except their kicker. Like there's some things that aren't Patriot esque, like they have been in the past. Like they're missing kicks. I know Gostowski's out. But, like, it, there's there's vulnerabilities, and I'm going to keep going back to it. They really have not played anyone. Ravens off a bye at home. The Browns ran all okay, over them today. Nick Chubb getting ahead of your I know you're excited. I know you're excited. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Let's look at Let's look at the Carfax. Show me the Carfax. That's so, a free ad right I'm going, I'm going Chiefs versus Saints. Um, other playoff teams. Right now, just pick the two wild cards in each conference. You're you kind of hinted at it. It's either got to be, be one from the north so and one from you're... the west. I think. Okay, and this is where I don't know if it's going to be an argument or not, but I'm telling you that the Rams are going to make the playoffs and the Seahawks are not. Yeah, I mean the Rams have a very easy schedule coming up, uh, whereas Seattle really doesn't. Um, I'm starting to think that the Vikings. I don't know who's going to win that division because I'm not totally sure about their schedules, Green Bay and Minnesota, but I think they're both definitely going to get in. So, And it looks like San Fran, nobody's really getting in their way. They kind of have an easier schedule um, because it's mm-hmm. a, what, third-place schedule from last year? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it comes down to Seattle and the Rams. And with the Rams' easy schedule, I'm going to say that they take it. Uh, so that leaves you with the Niners, the Rams, the Saints, the Packers, the Vikings, and I'm telling you, I, st- I really do think we still win this division, the NFCs. Okay, so those are your six in the West. I'm gonna sorry, yeah, in the NFC, I'm confident in saying the Rams are gonna make it. I think the Vikings will definitely make it. I, they could easily win the division. Yeah, no, that I, that division's totally up for. I mean, think about it. Green Bay loses tonight and they're tied. Yeah. And Kirk Cousins has been playing well. I don't I'm not I'm not taking them off of the contenders list, honestly. Like I think they are contenders. I know Cousins has been a serious issue in the past, but he's playing at a very different level this year. So if and they you, have a run game. If you told me 
as a fan of an, another NFC team, which I am, you get one chance in the playoffs to go up against Kirk Cousins. I do not care what the other 52 players on that team are. I'll take it any day of the week. That's Kirk fine. Cousins, and a high pressure and, situation. I agree. And but I'm saying until that moment comes, I'm keeping them on the contenders list because he's 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 won on primetime. He's won bigger games this year than he would have in the past. Like he's not having moments. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna leave him on the list of potential contenders for now. Keeping my mouth shut on Kirk Cousins because I've said enough about him in the past and Applebee's and such, but I'm telling you one chance in the playoffs, I'm salivating at that. The Lion. Well, we'll get to it Monday mailbag. I'm saving some Mitch talk for the end. I know my Bears fans are waiting. In the AFC, um, the Patriots are going to be the one seed. Just, I mean, their schedule is such a joke. It's criminal. It's criminal. It's it, such I mean, a now, joke. I mean, today was the start. I mean, I know the Browns are the Browns, right? They're oh my god, the Browns are two and five. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> the Browns are dead. Yeah, the Browns are dead. I'm sorry. Um, but I, it's starting to get tougher with the Patriots schedule now. I know they have the Ravens next week, then the Eagles. Um, I think they have the Texans at one point. So it's not all It's not all easy. They've got Dallas. So we'll, we'll learn a lot about New England um, in these next few weeks before the season ends. But, yeah, I mean, they're a lot for the one seed. Yeah. Um, so other teams in the picture, I think that – the Colts, Texans, Texans big come from behind victory. The Titans, did they lose today or they won? The Titans won against Jameis Winston. <laughs> I mean, they're four and four. They're like hanging around. And the Jags are hanging around in four and four. I mean, there's no losing team in that division. There's also not a team that's really convincing me that they're gonna win a game in the playoffs. Um but I can't even tell you who's going to win that division. I'm still holding out a little hope for the Jags when Foles comes back. Um, I think the Jags are dead for sure. You can throw them in the coffin. I'm going to say that – I mean, I think both of these te- teams are going to get in regardless, the Colts and the Texans, right? You think a wild card team comes from there? I mean, look how trash the AFC is across the board. I don't think Buffalo is going to hold up. I think it's going to be oh, – Buffalo might the issue- also, actually. No, no, no. Buffalo's definitely locked in for the wild card. Just just based off sheerly their schedule. Yeah, and that's got to be the Colts or the Texans in that second spot. Whoever doesn't win the division. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Raiders blew a really good opportunity today. That would have been good. The Broncos also blew an opportunity. Because if you had three wins at this point, you're only a couple games back. Uh, the Steelers, though. We got this question from the Monday Mailbag on Flick Chat. Will the Steelers come back, apply pressure on the Baltimore for the division? Steelers' schedule is destined for them, and the Ravens have a brutal schedule now. They play the last game of the season in Baltimore. What are your thoughts? I mean, the Steelers have they have confidence in Mason Rudolph. They play the Dolphins on Monday night, so that we can assume they're going to be 3-4. and four. Their schedule does get easier. It's kind of a question to me because the Browns have seven games over their, like their final seven or seven winnable games. They could also come from behind, apply pressure, maybe get to nine wins. But it's the Browns. Like, is it unrealistic to yeah, say they're uh, going to go seven and one over their last eight? And I'm going to say it, Jack. Congratulations, the Ravens. I I don't see a way that Pittsburgh comes back. Um, even after this week, they play the Colts and the Rams. That could be two L's if they go zero and two right there. And the Ravens have what the Patriots and then a bye. 
No, we had our bye. Our schedule really does get tough. Right. I, I just the Patriots. I trust yeah. the Ravens way more than Mason Rudolph. How about that? Right. Right. And I mean, a lot could change on on when we record next. Well, I guess are we going to record after the Ravens beat the Patriots? That's it. We'll have to figure that out scheduling wise. But uh, I mean, a lot could change. We could be five and three, and the Patriots could be a no, or we're six and two. And then if we beat the Patriots, then it's more of like a AFC North is in the bag because not only will we have a nice lead, but we'll also be like a very good team. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sold. <laughs> you heard my voice. I'm not that sold on you guys. I mean, I was very impressed with the Seattle win. I know you weren't as much because you don't think Seattle is the truth, but I don't know. I, but but, like but I said, if nobody we has beaten anybody this year, so like when they fought, but that's my point. If we beat, if we beat New England, you have to imagine you would think of solid uh, weeks. It's two back to back solid weeks. Yeah. Um. All right. Based off New, uh, not New England, Seattle. The MVP, everyone's saying Russell Wilson, and I just told you they're not going to make the playoffs. So, obviously, he's not my MVP at the halfway point. Um, I think you guys know who my MVP is, and it's not – I don't believe it's a biased pick because, as we saw today, no disrespect to Christian McCaffrey. He played okay. But this is what happens when you're not the quarterback of the team. You're not the most valuable player. You can't affect a game by just being a running back. They lost 51-13 to today. Uh, and that blame's going to go on Kyle Allen. So it can't be McCaffrey. I don't think Russell's headed for the playoffs. Um, other guys, you know, Mahomes is hurt right now. Who's that leaving with? Deshaun Watson, he's been eh, and they're 4-3. and three. They're going to struggle to end the playoffs. The it, MVP's playing on Sunday what? Night Football right now. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP right now, in my opinion. No doubt about True. it. True. What does he have? Another? Does he have one or two touchdowns tonight now? He's got one touchdown, puts him at 14 touchdowns, touchdown two interceptions. So Going to be at around probably 2,400 yards by the end of this game. They're 7-1. and one. They're rolling. I think they continue to roll. Aaron Rodgers, for me thus far, is 100% the MVP. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is on that kind of screw you tour to people that thought, such as yourself, that he was uh, falling off a cliff of sorts. And he's just like here to prove again that he's still Aaron Rodgers and still one of the best in the league, if not the best. So I think Aaron Rodgers keeps us going the entire rest of the way, and he's he's your MVP. It would have been Mahomes had he not got hurt, but yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's not like Lamar did the same thing. He threw five touchdowns against the Dolphins. Rodgers scored six against uh, the Raiders. Like you kind of pad your stats with that. If you exclude those games, both of them, their stats are less impressive. For me, it's just like Lamar has been an entire offense for them. Like Aaron Jones has been a contributor. No one else on the Ravens, like Ingram has scored, but that's because we scoring from the two yard line. He has zero weapons. He's running like he's Ezekiel Elliott and he's throwing like an above average quarterback. And our defense has been pitiful this year. So for me, Lamar's the MVP and I think he actually might win it. How about this? You know what I just thought about? If the NFL was the NBA, Lamar Jackson would be the MVP. That is that makes sense? Exactly. Because yeah. the NBA is way more of a, a next guy up. Who Who's the next guy that's going to take off in this league and transcend and, like, best player, best team type? He's like Giannis in the media right now. Okay, let's, let's, let's relax a little bit with that. No, no, no. 
I'm saying he's like the young talent that's so exciting to watch that everyone's hyping up. But then that's why Giannis won the MVP, whereas you have Harden, who was just balling out year after year after year, who probably put up more impressive stats, which is Rodgers. Right. But, whereas the NFL truly gives it to the best player every year. Like they don't they don't yeah. they don't factor in the outside noise, whereas the NBA is more of a, uh, a Hollywood league, if you will. So I'll give you that. If this was the NBA, Lamar Jackson, take home your Kia NBA most valuable. <laughs> do you think so? Obviously, you think Rogers won. Do you think Lamar is sitting at two right now, though? Uh, no, I think it's Russell Wilson. Actually, okay. I mean, yeah, they went off head to head, and Lamar Jackson won. So I guess Lamar take yeah. Lamar Jackson in that. Yeah, I mean, they don't play like I think they don't play against each other technically. But you go into yeah. Seattle and you beat them. You're you're the MVP or at least leading that part of the race. Um, so those are our halfway points. After the break, we will get into um, the NBA. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks don't didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to the razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters: sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, easy glide, low price. Do us a favors and check out harrys.com backslash blue wire for your free trial today. That's harrys.com backslash blue wire. And with that, you'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover. That go, go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to start shaving better today. The holiday rush is coming, and if you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship your orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders, Jack, or decide which shipping carrier to use, or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can do all that for you. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation handle it handle it all for you. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. All right, let's just get this over with. Um, the NBA has begun. The Knicks are 0-3, and the Warriors are the worst team in the National Basketball Association. I predicted that they would win the title. It's been three three games. They're 0-3. They are 0-2, actually. Are you sure? Yeah. They lost to the Clippers, and now today the Thunder. Okay. So no, no reason to hit the panic button quite yet. Except that <laughs> I don't think they I don't think they could defend a pick and roll between you and I. So didn't I tell you? That? Outs- I told you that. Yeah, oh. no, you definitely said that. Um, the bench is a serious concern, but it's also it's also not like it's just the D'Lo and Steph that are having issues. It's the big men that are really struggling. When Looney's on the floor, it's a me- like 
their net rating when Looney was on the floor against the Clippers was a 95, which is pretty good. And when he was off, it was a 140. Like that's I, that's just insane. But uh, the Warriors are, are in dead? trouble because are, are now dead? they're 0 and 2. Like I said, I would never react after oh, two games. I would never call a team dead after oh, yeah. two games. <laughs> never ever would call. I mean, that's different. <laughs> one's an eighth of the way never. through the season, and one's a forty-second. Oh, no, forty-first. Oh, right, yeah. but but the issues are are definitely concerning. Um, Steph, like Steph and D'Angelo haven't even been able to put up points because they're not playing the fourth quarter. Um, Draymond is doing Draymond things, not scoring, but contributing in other ways. They need Willie Cauley-Stein back. They need to kind of get these young guys going. But in reality, they need to no, play in reality, defense. all and they need is Clay now we get to th- he's not coming anytime soon. So the Browns were dead. The Warriors are dead. Don't you love four-day um, takes on the NBA season? Are you going to go and call the Browns – or the well, the Browns are dead, but you're going to call the Warriors dead? Define dead. Dead? Uh, missing the playoffs and have no chance. I'm not going to go ahead and – oh, no okay. chance of winning the title. Yeah, if you want to call that dead, we'll call no, it. No, 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 no chance of making the playoffs. The jury is still out. Okay, thank you. I appreciate you at least giving me another couple days before we record Wednesday <laughs> yeah, night. They got, I think they got the Pelicans on Tuesday, so we can talk. I mean, it is it is smart to not overreact because look at the Clippers. I, I crowned them. Huh? That's why we talk about sports to overreact. Like I know, know, but look at the Clippers. They win the first two games, and and it's like they're winning the title. They're getting Paul George back. They're insane, and then they lose to the Suns. So, and the same thing could be said about Utah. Friday night against the Lakers, they looked horrific, and then they beat the Kings by thirty. So, it is a very up and down league. There is one team I will put the dead uh, dead the stamp Knicks. on. Yeah, we are so. Wait, wait, I was just looking at the schedule. Um, it looks like tomorrow we have Atlanta against Philadelphia. I guess you could say the marquee matchup of the year. I mean, the two undefeated teams in the East. <laughs> the two and O's. Uh, the Heat have been a nice surprise. This kid Kendrick yeah, really Nunn over my Tyler Hero rookie of the year. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Hero's not even the best rookie on his team. He scored eight points tonight. None at twenty-five. They lost to the T Wolves, but they beat the Bucks in OT the night before. Uh, Kyrie Irving, you were high on the Nets. I told you be cautious about a Kyrie Irving-led team, and we are seeing it. I know we don't. We, I mean, they could be two and one, but they played three really tight games. Kyrie scored a ton, and they still can't win games. They barely beat the Knicks. They blew a twenty-point lead in that game. I mean, yeah, he's just getting I, I don't know. between tween and he goes all the way to the, the sixth seed. Like, dude, pass the ball to Karras. Karras had 27 <laughs> tonight, my most improved prediction. I mean, yeah, Brooklyn's not getting off to a hot start. I mean, I also wasn't huge on the Pacers. They're not getting off to a hot start. But like we said, we're four days in, and Andrew Wiggins is day by day making you and I shut up, Jack. Do you see what he did tonight? Think the final. What was his line? No, I tonight. think he had like the final twelve points to win it for them in a tight game. He he was finished with twenty five, yeah. made four three pointers in the final six minutes. You still stink, Andrew Wiggins. You hear me? Towns has been hooping, and then today something happened. He had seventeen and a half. He finished with twenty three. I don't know what's good there. I mean, they're like if they get D'Lo and get rid of Wiggins. Not that the Warriors. Imagine Wiggins on the Warriors. That would just be kind of. A scoring Draymond, just 
Just they both stink. <laughs> yeah. Um the Mavs have been super fun this year, but to to what I said in the preseason prediction, they just don't have that third option to push them over the top when they play the best teams. Porzingis goes 31-9-5. Knicks traded him for Dennis Smith Jr. Good trade. Dennis Smith has seven total points in three games. And Luka Doncic 29-12-9. And they lose to the Blazers because their third leading score, without looking at the box score, Abe, do you know who it is? I'm going to go with Max Kleber. That's correct. 14 points for the Klebs. Uh Hardaway and Curry both had low double digits off the bench, but that's just not going to get it done. You have CJ McCollum, you have Lillard, Rodney Hood, uh, LeBron's best teammate ever. Um, like Whiteside only at six and they lose at home. So I, I love the Mavs. They're so fun to watch, but it's just another young team that doesn't have that third piece. If they got Bradley Beal, I think they become like a serious team but for the future. No one's getting Bradley out Beal after this extension. Give it up. You keep linking him to every team because realistically, why? Realistically, I don't get Bradley it. Bradley Beal would be like the perfect fit on any NBA team. He's just like your stereotypical NBA player can like score at all three levels. He's just an absolute beast. But yeah, he's an it's absolute bucket. bucket. That was the word I was looking for. Um, just sign the extension. <laughs> give it up. He's, I know you were linking him to Milwaukee. You're in my ear about this summer. No, no, no. I didn't say Milwaukee. You said I woke up in a hot sweat because I thought of Bradley Beal getting no, traded to the box. That was actually in regards to Buddy Heal, but uh, that would be Oh, scary. that too. The Bucks stink, by the way. They stink. I watched them play. I'm telling you, I, the, the recipe on how to beat Milwaukee is out there in a seven-game series in the playoffs. You just need someone just as big as Giannis. Oh, look, the Sixers have four of those players to just rough them to just rough him <laughs> up a little. I mean, I'm telling you, he has the ball. He looks to dribble downhill, and everyone on his team just stands there and watches. Nobody moves. I'm telling you, if he's not at his best every single night on every single night in the playoffs, they can't win anything. He is just – and that's what's making me believe that, you know what, maybe Giannis will leave. I don't see them having success the way that they play this, and they got significantly worse than last year losing um, Brogdon and Miritich. The Bucks are not dead, but they're not good. <laughs> the Bucks are not dead. But can you just repeat that for me? Giannis might be leaving. I mean, you saw the quote too. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Giannis 2021, <laughs> baby. Giannis 2021. Um, the only other team that I feel like it's worth having a reaction or overreaction to uh, is the yeah. Rockets. Did you catch Friday night game one? I didn't really see much of it. I was out, um, but or Thursday night rather. Yeah. Uh, Any thoughts? They led big in this game early, and it was just a big fourth quarter comeback from Milwaukee. Uh, you know what? Harden wasn't hitting his shots. Like he, I think he started like one of eight from the field or something. Uh, just kind of those first game jitters. It happens. Not much to overreact from there. Since then, they've won. Russ had a triple double. I think the Rockets are just fine. This is my favorite stat line of the season. I'm curious if it will hold over the final 80 games. James Harden, 29 points on 8 of 29, 2 of 18 from 3, and 8 turnovers in a W. The Pelicans, they're 0-3. They've played some tough games. It's not that they're bad. They're just – this is what we expected. They just don't have enough to to be like a playoff team in the West, night in and night out, like what Portland just did, which was go on the road 
to Dallas, another good young team, and win a close tight game on a Sunday night that like, you know, those are games you can slip up on. And I just don't think the Pelicans night in, night out, they blew that game against the Raptors. They had a shot against the Rockets. They could have gotten a win. And it's just those losses, they add up and then they sneak up on you. And I like them, but Zion's not back for and that math. I checked the math. I was spot on. Yeah, you were my, spot on. Spot on that, that was, we did the other episode. That was impressive. Yeah, I mean, if Zion's on this team, like who knows what happens in those first three games? Could he have been the difference right. maker to top off Toronto and, and do mm-hmm. that? I mean, but yeah, I mean, these you go on these three game losing streaks over time over time in the NBA, those losses do add up. Speaking of three game losing streaks, one team that I'm a little disappointed in so far. Sacramento. I don't know why, but I was just a little excited about them. They lost Bagley, which is really big, yeah. but they just can't play a lick of defense, giving up 122 out of the three games, 113. They they can't play defense, but they've got exciting talent in Fox, Heald, and Bogdanovich, but I don't know. I feel like the Kings are underperforming. I feel like they're an untrending team for sure. Yeah, they were trending coming into the year. They had a really strong year last year. Uh, a lot of actually Kings fans, media, and beat writers were actually lower on Sacramento than the rest of the media. They just kind of expected, like, they, you know, when you have a really good season the year before, you expect, or you're hoping at least, that your young stars kind of take that next step. Well, Heald kind of almost got to that level. Fox was, you know, he established himself as a really, really good starting point guard. The next step for them was to be all-stars, really. And I just don't know if at this point in their careers in a loaded West, if that's like a, a step they could have taken. Bagley could have theoretically taken, but what's his step? Like You need these monumental yeah, steps. Um, and I feel like yeah, the NBA exactly. this year, like aside from your outliers, like the Knicks and I mean, even the Wizards have what? Two wins, one win. But, like, I feel like there's not that many bad teams in the NBA this year. Literally every – like, the Cavs have been competitive. I told you, like, OKC would be competitive. The Hornets have somewhat been competitive. They'll they'll fall apart. But, uh, yeah, you're right. The Like, even the Thunder are decent. It's really just – the Grizzlies are decent. Not decent, but they have good young talent. It's really just the Knicks who are holding down the bottom. Yeah, I mean – the Knicks are just atrocious. Up and just like that, we got four one in the Astros Nationals. Juan Soto, another home run this postseason. Yeah, speaking of uh, three game losing streaks, if the Nats don't come back right now, bottom seven down four one, they'll be three two headed back to Houston. I mean, blowing all three in Washington is really tough. Scherzer skipped today. It seems like how if it went up, seven, how he's up, out. Do you think Scherzer like neck and back is that he can't throw in a World Series game? it's really messed up because they tried to inject him and get rid of all of it. And like, he's a psychopath and he would have pitched if he had the chance to. And he just like neck is, you know, necks are serious. Um, But, and to that point, I don't think he'll be back for game seven because you just, if you can't pitch tonight, a few days doesn't seem like it's going to do the trick, but you know, Verlander hasn't won a world series game yet. Yeah. I was just about to say, you don't think that Scherz will be ready for game seven. I think that I don't I think that changes. I don't think there will be a game seven. I think Verlander, I think the Nats knock wow. on wood because I throw a little money on them. Close this out by two runs, please. Please, please, please. The um, Astros. Oh, yeah, the Astros. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Reverse. Reverse knock. <laughs> unknock, Reverse unknock. Knock. Charlie, cut that out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think Verlander gets it done. And I think the, I think the Astros rally off four straight and close this thing out. I 
I think it's sneaky on Tuesday. Strasburg has been lights out, and Verlander has been, you know, iffy. Maybe the Nats tonight, they get the bats going a little. They're not going to come back on Cole, I don't think, with Ozuna out of the pen. But maybe they get some, gain some confidence, kind of turn it around. They play off Mojo, right? And I think with their guy on the mound on Tuesday, knowing they had success off JV, I think potentially they could win that game and then force a game seven. And then that's where it gets interesting. Because Zach Granke pitching in a game seven. Yeah, I mean, you got to I mean, that'll be what? So game seven will be, I think there's a day of travel. Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, you, you got Cole out of the pen for that if you need, if you're the Astros. You've got our kitty. Um, so Granke has the help he needs. Um, but, hey, give it to Granke. He went on the road and pitched a really good game the other night and got them. In. He's pitched great. Yeah, so. Outside of game four against the Rays, which was the first round, like his Yankees start, he only let up one run. Like he actually has been really solid. It's just him in pressure situations. You want Cole or Verlander yeah. on the mound and uh, to go to Granke and then maybe the Nats throw like a weird version of a bullpen game like that. Sometimes it's not that they're going to out coach themselves or out manage themselves. But when you have, like balls to the wall and you don't have an ace to throw. This is hypothetical if Scherzer's out, right? You throw Corbin for three. You throw like no, some random. Out of ball Sanchez. He'll probably start it off in Corbin, I guess. Exactly. Like that's what they did the other night. Corbin came in for, I think, an inning, and then he, and then he threw yesterday. But, uh, I mean, it's game right. seven. Everything's, everybody's available. You got to think. Exactly. But that's my point when it comes to the Astros. You trade for Granke and now you have your ace. So, right, you're going to kind of stick with him, even if he's given up two or three somewhat early runs, if he gets out of those jams. If it's the Nats, the second there's a guy on second base and you have another matchup you want to exploit, like you make the change. Yeah, so I, I think it can it can get interesting, but you do you obviously want your ace to eat up a few. Yeah, and good thing the Astros have three of them. <laughs> it is nice. Um all right, let's close. We touched it on a little, but we'll just go to the Monday mailbag because we have some NFC North questions that we wanted North to get North, to. Huh? We do. Um, who? Well, what's the NFC North going to look like as the season closes? Do the Lions have? What do the Lions have to do to make the playoffs? And should the Bears trade Matt Nagy? <laughs> nope. Should the Bears trade Mitch Trubisky? Let's start off with Mitch. My guy. Our boy Mitch. Hey, I bet on Mitch Trubisky today. Talk about sweating that one out. Um, Not full game, just first half, so thanks for that, Mitch. But uh, do they trade him? I mean, what, he's got one more year on his deal after this year? Um, I don't think you can move on from him just yet. I mean, the guy won you 13 games last year. Um, I think that's the reason that they won't. Now, should he? Uh, Should they? He's really awful, so you got to think – (laughs) <laughs> you let, yeah just be subtle with that you let him play it out you see if the defense can carry you maybe you add a weapon to work with him um but i think Matt, he has weapons Allen robinson's a really good wide receiver Tariq cohen is a dynamic running Matt, back. Matt, just as much one. the problem as mitch Trubisky. right so one of them's got to go eventually maybe you get rid of mitch and then you suck for one or two years really bad and then you and then you get a good draft pick but the thing is if you if you sell on Mitch, you're going to have to draft a quarterback, which is going to set you back enough, and you already have that amazing defense that only comes around once in a while. So if you if you trade Mitch, then you have to blow it up, and you just shipped house for Khalil Mack, and that defense is unbelievable. So I think you got to go with Mitch and try and build the best team around him 
while you still have this elite defense. Right. You built a system last year, maybe because there's film and tape on it, it's not working as smoothly this year, but you built something that got them wins last year, right? And they have a defense that's playing it really. Something Something worked. The question is, like, first of all, I don't know if it's really trade Mitch away. Like, who would trade for Mitch Trubisky? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I mean, you look to a team that probably also has a good defense that doesn't have the quarterback – Maybe a team like the Titans, because they're going to move on from Mario to just say, let's take a flyer. If you, I mean, if you're a Titans fan, listen to this, and you hear Abe say, take trade for Mitch Trubisky I'm to not replace that. Marcus. I'm not- no, no, I'm saying, but think about that. Like, there's actually not a team in the NFL who's going to give up anything for Mitch Trubisky. And I think the questions of who could they trade for to bring in house. There's obviously two names. It's Cam Newton, but the Panthers aren't going to trade him because Cam's going to start next week when they he's all of a sudden healthy because clearly it wasn't Kyle Allen doing these things. He just wasn't making mistakes. He's not better than Cam. And then the other option is Teddy Bridgewater. One, I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to say, no, I don't want to go to Chicago because I want to be on the Super Bowl run. Breeze could be on his way out after this year. Then he gets his chance in a really awesome situation. And then two, for the Bears, like, it's an upgrade, but is Teddy B, like, can he turn their season around enough to really take them to the playoffs? And then you have to deal with benching Mitch. That's your number two pick. And it's just very it's pretty, complicated. At this point, a little unrealistic. It's a fun to talk about because of how bad Mitch is, and that helps the brand. But I think at this point, it's a little unrealistic. Ugh, we got trolled so hard by Bears fans. But, man, let me tell you, Mitch – it was just that one game. I know. It was just that one game. Joe Flacco, man. I mean, listen. Oh, shoot. I should probably keep my mouth what? shut, right? The Eagles, play, the Eagles play the Bears. Where's the game? It's in Philly, but, like, it's still. Yeah. Big. No, you should be fine. Um, Joe Flacco, like, I just feel bad. Go off. Yo, Joe Flacco, go off, queen. Like, <laughs> he ripped into Vic Fangio today. He did. And he's right, but he's also, like, it's just. They've now lost on three field goals in the final two minutes of the game, two on walk-offs. Like, they could legitimately be five and two. And Manuel Sanders would probably still be on the team. Right. And you see teams doing this, and they get – they play conservative. They play not to lose. And I've learned so many times what happens when you play not to lose a football game. You lose the game. You have to stay aggressive. You can't change – your strategy. So I think that's the biggest lesson. That's where you see, like, it's really these teams that stay in the playoffs year after year. It's coaching or a quarterback. And sometimes it's not even the quarterback. It's really just the elite of the elite coaches. They just win year after year because they know how to make the right decisions. You see a coach like Matt Nagy today. Do you see the end of the first half, right? They have 25 seconds from the one. How many plays do they get off? They get off two plays because they, they throw a ball. To, they throw like a slant or a fade that was horrible. They run it for zero yards, and they have 20 seconds left, and they can't figure out what to do, so they spike it with one second left. Instead of getting another shot in the end zone, that would have been the difference in the game. So it's these coaches that are so bad. Adam Gase, he's a joke. And then you have McVeigh, who's dealing with Jared Goff, who we think isn't that good, yet he just churns out wins. So it, it comes down to coaching, which is why, referencing back to the question about can the Steelers compete, Yes, they can make a run because Tomlin's a good coach, whereas the Browns, even though their schedule's good over the final half of the season, but Freddie Kitchens, like, he's such a bad coach. Yeah, <laughs> he was uh, 
it was like he was looking in his pocket today for a third challenge in the fourth quarter. <laughs> he used one on a pass interference and another in the first like two minutes of the game. Yeah. So are you still on the boat that Doug's a good coach? Doug Peterson. I yeah. mean, the guy won a Super Bowl. You can't call him a bad coach. Um, yeah. But I mean, but I'm saying I, there's there's elite, it, then there's good, then there's fan, bad. Um, a lot of people will be very unbi- very biased about the Eagles and Doug Peterson, me included to an extent. But they piss- <laughs> no, 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 they pissed me off so much in that Dallas game that I've come down to earth about them. And I'll be honest, Doug Peterson in that 2017 run and even the playoff run last year would just make my mouth drop. Like, wow, what a genius for calling that. And I just – I'm not getting it this year. He didn't call a great game today. He called a good second half. Um, but the Eagles, we've seen it time and time again. Their eight, their their record is unbelievable. When I don't know what it is exactly. I didn't want to make something up. When they have a lead at halftime. So if Doug can get this team to come out of the gate hot, then we're a whole different team. But I mean, Doug Peterson has a Super Bowl, so I'm gonna go ahead and call him a pretty good coach in this league. Yeah, he's a good coach. Um, all right, big exciting. Would you, wait, wait, would you call Harbaugh a good coach? Yeah. I would, but I wouldn't put him up in the elite category because I've seen him do things. And I will say he's kind of changed over the past year. That's giving me more confidence. He's more aggressive. You have to change now. The way the NFL is, the way it's like how much you see people going in front of fourth. Right. But but there's still those coaches who are playing soft, right? Like Cliff Kingsbury, you thought he would be an aggressive guy going for it. He did today on his own 30. Yet in week two against the Ravens, he punt or he kicks a field goal from the five yard line three times. And the numbers just say you can't do that. So I like how Harbaugh's adjusted. We've had a winning record every year except when Joe got hurt pretty much. Um, I think he's not the elite like a Belichick is. Obviously, no one's a Belichick, but I, I would say he's he's definitely a coach I trust. He's a player's coach, which is important. He's never lost a locker room, which is good. Um, yeah, he's he's a good coach. I, I wouldn't say he's a bad coach, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you go with that one. <laughs> um, but like I was saying, really big week coming up. Uh, I'm going to Jacksonville on Saturday, Florida versus Georgia. The back SEC of experiences. A lot of snapback experiences. I went Nets Friday, Knicks, Celtics Saturday, Jacksonville for that, and then obviously Sunday night in Baltimore. But we'll get to that on Thursday. I'm sure we will. Episode 39 of the Snapback Sports Pod. I'm throwing out Steven Jackson. I've been saving that one. Uh, I was excited for him. Great player. Uh, who else? Uh, we got some 39. That's a pretty bad number, honestly. Uh, Jer- I said you know we're, we're at Grant. the point. You know Jeremy Grant on the Nuggets? Of course you know Jeremy. He wears 39 uh, now? He did when he was on the Sixers. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's really all I got. I'll go Jeremy Grant with the Sixers. Is Patrick Ewing, all right, Jim. 39. No. 33? Yeah. Oh, well. Um, There's probably some corners out there. But uh, one last thing. The People's Parlay lost by a point today. We're really close. We're due. Right there. Guys, we're due. stay with us. Next stay Thursday. We're right there. Oh, my God. We're due. And then giveaways oh, we're gonna be galore. So we're going to be so Well, you guys are going to be so rich. <laughs> um, all right, fam. We will catch you on Thursday. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. I didn't talk about the Sixers once on this episode. How about that? Peace, fam.